thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Beer Nuts for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Beer Nuts five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Beer Nuts by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Beer Nuts on Twitter at Beer Nuts Podcast and on Instagram at Beer Nuts Podcast. Please like the Beer Nuts Podcast on Facebook to like and share Beer Nuts. If you'd like to donate to Beer Nuts, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Beer Nuts. If you're looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you are helping to support Beer Nuts. TheBroBasket.com Guys are tired of all those boring socks and ties. BroBasket is the answer to the age-old question, What do I get a guy? We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke Gift Set, or the Junior Executive Gift Basket. Booze List but still cool BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the TheBroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Alcohol gift baskets. What men really want. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. Alrighty. Number 53? Yes, 53. Uh, end of the year show here. We're doing our MVBs, if you will. My name is Chris. With me from MichiganBeerGuide.com is JR. Happy New Year. Dugout. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Lieutenant Dang, joining us once again. Unmute. Oh, technical difficulties? Lieutenant Dang, are you there? We know you're there. You were there when we started. Uh, Hey, hey, what's happening, guys? There he is. All right. Magic of editing. That all sounds smooth. (laughs) All right. So what did we do today, JR? We forgot to say Uncle Pete. Oh, Uncle Pete. I'm, I'm, oh, God damn it, Uncle Pete. I'm so sorry. I know. We're not used to it. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, Joe, I'm yeah. Not, not used to five of us being on the show either. Happy holidays, everybody. And uh, tis the season to drink good beer. Yes. Amen. And uh, what did, uh, so today we had kind of all, uh, well, like I said, we, we mentioned MVB. Uh, really weren't any guidelines. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, Bought I, what I thought was my MVB of the year, but I'm sure we're going to have uh, lots of different uh, interpretations of the term as we go around the horn here. Who wants to go foist? Well, first we need a beer quote, so um, I've got two here. I'm just going to pick one randomly. Um, here we go. Okay, so this is usually we do a funny one. This one's kind of serious or, you know, maybe not so funny, but 
But it's going to hit the spot. We're basically talking about our favorite beers of the year uh, with the stipulation that it has to be one that you still have. So you may have had a great favorite beer that you drank it and it's gone. So that eliminates some of them. So we can always mention those. But let's get rolling here. The quote I have is from none other than Thomas Jefferson. And it is, beer, if drunk in moderation, softens the temper, cheers the spirit, and promotes health. But uh, my only comments are, hey, uh, if you're not driving, what's wrong with a... Because eating moderation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, I mean, this is a time of year, too, and a little, a little excess is okay. There's Uber, well, you know, the other there's night I, I took, yeah. And the other night I took a taxi home. I still have it in my garage if anybody wants to borrow it. <laughs> 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 Bada bing. That was better than the quote. <laughs> this is the best time of the year for beer. Am I, I mean, does everyone agree with that? Or am I alone Absolutely, yes. Yeah. All the way. Stout season. My my pocketbook is considerably lighter. <laughs> uh, yeah, the credit card debt is piling up. January will be a, a, a recovery month for the uh, credit card accounts. <laughs> yeah, they see me a little more often in my bottle shop than. Uh, of course, they, that's they until do. you see the January release schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it starts all over again, the cycle. It's a wonderful cycle, though. All right, so, All right, so the uh, first thing we always invite everybody to, whatever you're drinking, please crack it open. Uh, pour a beer and uh, kick back and relax and enjoy the show. Again, whether you're a Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light guy or uh, prefer the finer things in life, you know, there's room at our table for you. So cheers, join us, happy holidays, everybody. Be safe, take Uber, take a taxi if you're out and about. If you're at home, then just kick back in front of the fire and... Uh, join us. So, Uncle Pete and I started off here. We're together, so I had paid a visit to a local brewery here, Liberty Street in Plymouth. Just wanted to give a shout-out for Joe Walters. Great brewer out there. Had a beer that we're sipping on here. This, this isn't part of really our theme tonight, but I just quickly wanted to give him a mention because he makes a fantastic coffee stout called Morning Constitutional. And the stout is as good as the name. Really good uh, fresh coffee, fresh roasted coffee in this. Locally roasted and within hours of it being roasted, rushed to the brewery where it is cold steeped and used to brew this batch. So I'm enjoying it. Uncle Pete, I think, is too. Yeah, absolutely. It's rich. It's delicious. It's um, got a great balance of sweetness and bitterness. Full flavored coffee. Great medium mouthfeel. Uh, it's great cold. It's like an iced coffee, absolutely. And I'm sure as it warms up, it's going to be even creamier. Thank you for sharing. Love it. Uh, thank you, Joe Walters. Uh, uh, showed me a great time in his brewery the other night. So that being said, uh, how about somebody kick this off? Doug out, would you like to start us off tonight? Well, um, sure. Um, yeah, as, as we were discussing earlier, it's not about you know the best beer you've had all year. It's uh, the best beer you have um, for the show, but um, the beer I have, I think, is no slouch whatsoever, and it's a um, typically a near Christmas time release, and that is from Shorts Brewing Company. Uh, we've reviewed a lot of Shorts beers uh, over our episodes. Uh, this particular beer is uh, Shorts Liberator, and it's um, it's a double IPA. And it has uh, ale, or it's ale with lemon and orange zest, uh, I believe. What I was reading was that it was originally brewed as a um, birthday gift for Joe Shorts uh, for his 30th birthday. 
and um, the uh, uh, it's made by adding hops to the boil for every four minutes for 120 minutes. So um, it's uh, 8.1 ABV and a whopping 116 IBUs. Now, when you pour this stuff off, it's got a got a beautiful um, head to it, and uh, what looks to be nice carbonation. It's kind of got an orange orange color to it, and even though it's brewed with lemon and orange zest, I don't believe that color is derived from any of that. Um, it's big citrus aroma, uh, almost like grapefruit and orange, and then you get a little hint of, of pine and, and flower in there. And by flower, I mean, you know, flowers in the garden, flowers. And the first sip is um, very much like the aroma of grapefruit, orange, um, and sort of a medium mouthfeel to a great carbonation on it. And um, it's just, um, for a beer that's 116 IBUs, it's got some balance to it. I mean, it's, I know that's hard to believe. It is not for the faint of heart if you're not into bitter beers this one is definitely not for you but if you're big into uh, west coast type ibas this one will definitely float float your bro boat excuse sounds me. yummy oh it's delicious um i i'm looking forward to this beer coming out every year it's um uh there's a little bit of alcohol burn to it but I kind of like that because it does blend in with the real bitterness of the hops. It's not masked alcohol. That was a fairly recent release there, uh, Dugout? Yeah, I believe uh, within the last two weeks this one awesome. came out. Fresh. Fresh is good. Yep. Yep. Got to watch those dates on your bottles, you know. And Shorts has so many labels out there. And believe me, I've seen a lot of, you know, year-old <laughs> Shorts releases. And, well, and, and I buy um, I buy almost exclusively now for my local grocery store, and they never used to have a really good selection up until uh, maybe the last year or so. Right. Um, so, and then they they move through a lot of their beer, so you don't get any old shorts hanging around in that store at all ever. Uh, comes in, it goes out, but nope, your chances of getting something shorts. that's limited release are good because you know not everybody knows that that little independent grocery store has the kind of beer selection that they do right yeah that sounds good i can't remember the last time i had the liberator i know i've had it it's been over a year i'm sure i think i've ever heard of it till right now i to try to chase it down do you feel liberated dugout i sure do <laughs> i mean i feel um liberated from the noose that is work in trying to count down the days to the holiday yes so i can uh kind of wrap everything up try it you know People go shopping without too many details of my job. Uh, most of my stops are located within a fairly close vicinity to big shopping malls. So um, the last few days haven't been very much fun driving around. Ooh. Uh, well, I hope the clock goes faster for you and you get, get to that time off and enjoy. Yeah, I noticed today uh, trying to find a parking place, people aren't really in the holiday spirit. You know, they're flipping <laughs> each other off and <laughs> driving around looking for that. Close to the building spot. Bunch of, you know, just park in the back of the thing. You can use a little exercise and walk. That's what I do. Yeah, I think I've, well, from what I've noticed that most of the people that try to get up front probably could use the extra few steps. <laughs> Bunch of people with long green hair and lederhosen 
otherwise known as the Grinch. Okay, well, so, that's a good yeah, choice, you guys, see this, you guys see this? Uh, search it out. I mean, I, I had quite a few things in the fridge that I really could have uh, selected, but I think as far as my overall favorite go-to for this time of year, it's definitely short slow burrito. Hey, man, that is awesome. a good one. That wasn't in that uh, special 12-pack, was it? No, it was not, and there was maybe one or two in there that I would have possibly... Um, I think you had mentioned one, JR, the uh, Batch 5000, and then the, the also had Super Fluid in there and Stash Bender. Just oh, yeah. Some really great, outstanding IPAs. Uh, for those who don't realize what we're talking about, Shorts put together a variety pack of double IPAs and one triple IPA for the holiday season and put it out in a 12-pack. So you got four different beers, three each of some pretty hefty Double, double IPAs and one extremely hefty triple IPA. I say, is that the, How that, much did that go for? Uh, I believe they were about in the $24, $25 yeah, that's range. That's what I saw, about $25. Yeah. 20, Which, 25 bucks. But you know, sounds like a it, pretty good not, deal. It's not the problem was deal. they hit shelves and they vaporized very quickly. Yeah, they did. I stumbled upon a few. I actually picked one up for Dugout, and I got one for myself, and I still have some. And Dugout is correct when we were talking today earlier. I was thinking about making batch 5,000 mine, but when I found out he was doing another short spear, I figured I'd go in another direction. And then I got home and I found like four or five different ones that I couldn't decide between them all. So there's plenty of good options available. So I think I'd be happy with the ones I picked, but Liberator certainly is right up there with anybody. Great, great pick, Dugout. Thank you. Sounds like all right. Uh, well, designated driver 12-pack there, Dugout. Yeah, oh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> No doubt, either that or uh, home on the couch with the fire roaring. <laughs> Doubles and triples. You know, it'd be good for a bonfire, a Michigan bonfire, too. Yeah. My neighbor's got one across the street, a fire pit, and he's overdue to have to host. He always builds the fire, and I always bring the beer. We'll have, to, we'll have to dig it out. Amen. All right. Well, who wants to step up next? Uh, I will. All right. Lieutenant Dang mm -hmm. is on the clock. Yeah, I've got uh, Bonafide from Four Hands out of St. Louis, Missouri. And um, I've had, over the last year, I've had a, two different barrel-aged versions from the, of this beer, of Bonafide. And, um, you know, they're so, they get expensive. They get, they're super limited. It's usually like limit one, or you got to go to a special event just to even see them. And <clears throat> so it's just... It's brought my attention back to bona, the regular good old Bonafide that is available pretty much it's always on the shelf somewhere in town. I mean, may, it kind of comes and goes, but it's a year-round, you know, beer from them. And it's it's just drawn back my appreciation for the beer because it's such a solid beer all on its own without any barrel aging going on. So let me read the description for you real quick, and then I'll describe the beer. It's... Um, uh, it's an imperial stout brewed with Madagascar vanilla beans and a single-origin, fully-washed Peruvian coffee from Royal Coffee Importers. Complex notes of coffee, dark chocolate, and roasted malt take center stage with nuances of vanilla. Bonafide pours opaque black in color with a firm tan head. And uh, it's the Goshen is the coffee roaster there in St. Louis. And, um, yeah, it's definitely dark, uh, pretty opaque, and... You get a little bit of the coffees, the main aroma, and 
you know, maybe just a little bit of vanilla. It's, it's pretty light on the vanilla. And then it's um, the immediate taste when you first sip it is is just kind of that bitter dark chocolate, a little coffee, and then, you know, maybe the, a faintness of vanilla there on the finish. It's it's not a huge beer. You know, it's a little thin. You know, it's it's 9% alcohol, which is, you know, it's funny to say nowadays where we're at with beer and where we're at with alcohol, that it's 9% is thin, but it's not, you know, if you just had some Bourbon County, it's, it's, not, it's not a 14% booze bomb. And um, it... it I think it lets the coffee come through a little bit better that way, but it definitely goes down easy. You know, you can, it's bitter, so you don't want to drink, you know, it's, it's a sipper for sure, but, um, it's, it's just a great beer. I, I like it a lot. I'm glad I can get it year round. It's about, um, usually about $11 and then the, the different variants come out, you know, closer to 20. So, um, I, I wish there was a tad more mouthfeel because it's a little kind of more on the medium, medium thin side, and I wish there was more vanilla. But I mean, for a beer you can get year round, it's it's really hard, too hard to complain too much about it. So sounds fantastic. I hope you'll be sending some to Michigan. Sure thing. You got it. Um, you know, I, I thought about you know a Braxis maybe for tonight or like the barrel aged stuff, but I, I'm kind of thinking we're all kind of sounds like we're on somewhat similar track here that. Just kind of appreciating stuff we can either get regularly, seasonally, or year-round. You know, it's just it's nice once in a while to to kind of go back to beers that you might have overlooked or you don't get to enjoy that often. And uh, so, yeah, this is a good one. Well, good. Thanks for sharing it with us. Uh, can't wait to try it sometime. Uh, great, great uh, description. I love all the ingredients that uh, you described. It sounds like something I'd like to brew a beer like that, and maybe uh, you know make it a little bit. More full-bodied, but yeah, uh, certainly piqued my interest. <laughs> and it's really cool to have uh, you on the show. Uh, we're going to have to have you on more often. Uh, great to have somebody from St. Louis, and you know, uh, we usually cooped up here in our Michigan, Indiana, Chicago corridor. So appreciate you taking the time to join us. It's always a oh, pleasure my, having you. My Dan. pleasure. Yeah, thanks, guys. You know, uh, got some uh, pulling nails that I need to ship up north. I think from Side Project. Oh yeah, well that that would be a real treat too. The only problem now is it's kind of cold, so we got to strategically plan our shipping dates around yeah. the weather patterns. You don't want to be shipping in nine degree weather. You like you, you like barrel aged popsicles? <laughs> <laughs> Icebox. So now the four hands are they? You know they do um, specifically. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, only barrel-aged beers? No, they do a full, I have a pretty full portfolio, um, but they they just seem to get a lot of love, you know, with this Bonafide doing different versions of it and then doing brewery-only releases for the, the kind of the special one-offs of the different barrel-aged stuff. They just, uh, um, they did one with a, one of the liquor stores donated a couple of barrels, and so they did one with that, and then... They just did a Templeton Rye release, and then in January will be Madagascar release, which is huge on the vanilla for the stout. And uh, they just do so many different versions of it. You know, it really it gets a lot of miles out of it for probably I'm guessing I don't know for sure, but a very you know similar recipe between each beer. There's an apple brandy barrel one that's really tasty. So awesome! Sounds great. I have to look them up and check it out. Well, yeah, they've got a great place. 
One beer I recall getting from Four Hands and uh, one of Dugout's favorite styles is the Imperial Milk Stout. And I know that there was one from Four Hands that was a, a higher ABV milk stout. Do you recall that one, Dan? Is that a cow on the label? Is it Bob? Yeah, yeah. They they have a regular one that they do. Um, you can get in six pack cans. That's just like six percent, though. I don't know about an imperial version. Uh, you know, I could have missed it. This was a bomber. Yeah, this the mm. chocolate milk stout with the cow on the label. Yeah, like mm. Moo had Moo in the name, I think. So, well, maybe keep an eye out on that one. Yeah. I'm sure Dugout would love to try it. One of his his favorite styles. So, all right. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, I think Uncle Pete's going to take the reins next, so I'll hand it sure, over. Sure, why not? So, uh, it's going to be no big surprise for me. Um, I reflected on this year, and what got me most excited this year that I could pick for something that really, you know, got my taste buds excited. And when I finally got a hold of it, I was so thrilled, and I've been I've been drinking it on the regular ever since. And uh, I'm just going to re. Uh, you know, give give a new uh, shout out to the Detroit Made Strohs. Uh, I knew that was coming. Uh, yeah, I know. And uh, you know, it's for real though. For me, I did get excited about it, and I still am. And I've been turning on all kinds of people to it, um, bringing a lot of people that used to drink it back to it. And you know, it's a whole new flavor. And with the you know the Vienna malt and the and the European hops. And and you know it's it's got a great aroma. So I'm gonna pop it now because Jr. is listening to me and he's gonna want to sip. Um, it's crisp. It's clear. It, it looks you know so beautiful as a as a clear pilsner, and uh, very floral on the aroma. Um, you know everything we love about it. It's malty, bready. It's got a nice full body. It's great when you drink it cold. And and I just was down there Saturday, in fact, at that Brew Detroit once again at, at their tap room and uh, drawing off it and uh, took my wife and a friend and walked out with some beer. So I recommend it if you see it. And I know it's only Michigan uh, distributed right now. I've actually carried some with me over to Indiana and shared it with some of the folks down there, and they were thrilled. And, um, you know, here's just a... Uh, Here's just a shout-out to, to bringing some of De- Detroit's rich heritage back, and that's the Stroh's Bohemian-style Pilsner. So, cheers. Are they going to bring cheers, Alex Pete. back? That's the question. You know, I wonder that if they're going to bring, you know, the Bach or, the, or any other styles. That would be fantastic if they get the market to open up and accept, you know, another, another edition. So well, I know that um, uh, Stroh's, or, uh, Stroh's, which is being handled by uh, Paps Brewing now. Uh, Paps has put out uh, some other sort of retro releases, the Old Tankard Ale being one of them. And um, so I think that, you know, with the success of Stroh's, because it does fly off the shelves here, they have ice to move it out of, I believe it's Michigan only at this point. So they do have ice to move it out um, into a bigger network. And uh, the success of that could bring back some other, uh, some of the other brands. Well, so I have a couple of questions. Yeah. Do uh, is is there any corn or any other adjuncts in that? You know, not that I've read. I mean, all I've read was it's a Vienna malt with Magnum and Saz hops, and uh, it was an nice. older recipe, um, like a late eighteen hundreds recipe or something, very pre-prohibition. So I would tend to doubt it actually it's not the same beer that you get in the blue can 
I can answer that, and the, the answer is emphatically no. It's brewed to the Reinheitsgebot. There are no adjunct ingredients. It is a traditional Bohemian Pilsner. And I'm very fortunate to work at Schoolcraft College in the Brewing and Distillation Technology Program. I teach their marketing class. And the uh, advanced brewing professor is none other than Ken Balau, who works, who brews for Brew Detroit and actually brewed this beer under contract for the Pepsi uh, Brewing Company, who owns the rights to it. So I wanted to make that clear to the listeners. Uh, I think uh, somebody mentioned the Blue Can. The Blue Can is the is distributed in multiple states. I don't know if that product has adjunct ingredient. I bet but I can tell you the Detroit Stroh's that we're drinking that has a black, yellow, and red label, um, and is a Detroit, I guess, Michigan only distribution. Uh, that is definitely a different uh, formula and a traditional German Bohemian Pilsner style. Um, and Ken Balau, yes. the brewer, was actually trained to brew in Germany. So this is right up his wheelhouse, and he does a, a tremendous job. I know it's not a style that a lot of beer snobs uh, clamor for, but uh, Uncle Pete knows his beer and knows. Uh, you could actually argue that lagers are one of the probably or lagers and pilsners are probably among the most difficult beers to brew and brew well. And Ken has done it here, so hats off to him. Even props, yeah, definitely. I, I toured the facility down at Brew Detroit. Ken helped me set up to bring my. Uh, team from work in there uh, where I work at Ford Motor Company so I took my whole group down there and we had a team building event beautiful facility they're handling a lot of contract brew uh, for different uh, other breweries that needed the capacity and uh, I wanted to bring up some news that just popped recently since somebody mentioned Pabst and Pabst does uh, you know have the rights to the Stroh's Pabst is going to start handling the New Holland sales starting in 2017, I read. And, uh, you know, they're going to do distribution and sales of, of New Holland. So I know we all love our various New Holland labels, and uh, somehow the big boy is getting involved in it, and that might be a good thing. We'll see. Now more people will be able to love them. Yes. Well, and to be clear, they're not messing at all with the production. This is clearly a marketing and distribution deal. So uh, the beer will still be produced locally in Holland, Michigan, and uh, it, it has nothing to do with the brewery or the brewing operation yeah, or any ownership. Yeah. They remain independent. They're just using the, the resources of the distribution network, which is pretty, pretty unique and smart deal for, for them. Uh, it's a win-win for everybody involved. So we get more Michigan beer in, in more people's hands. It's a win-win. And I also like to add, Lieutenant Dang, we will make sure to send you some of the Detroit Strohs. Cause it's, yeah, I'll uh, try that. That'd be great. Far superior to the blue can, which is very much so. Now, are they are they from Detroit? Has it always been up there? I, it seems like I was thinking Wisconsin, but now I, I don't I don't recall. Uh, Stroh's is uh, originally from Detroit, and um, up until I believe in the nineties, um, when the brewery actually shut down, it was always brewed here. Hmm. I know that uh, there's it, it went there's out some of interesting uh, reading on on if if anyone's interested in Stroh's Brewery. Um, uh, Francis Strohs, who's um, uh, obviously one of part of the Strohs family, has written a book called Beer Money, and uh, it's really a fascinating read. It's a good read. Uh, some really interesting stuff about the history of Strohs and you know the rise and basically fall of the brewery itself. My dad, we lived in outside of Chicago, and my dad, I remember my dad drinking that 
that stuff a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what, uh, you know, we hear that that line, I mean, that history from a lot of people. They go, oh, yeah, that's what my dad used to drink. It, and uh, Same here. Hey, my dad, not a beer drinker, but when he did drink, he drank Stroh's. Now, what a lot of purists will tell you, Stroh's uh, aficionados and, and those who are quite well-read in history of Stroh's, is they were known for their copper kettles. And the uh, fire brood was their slogan, but they were fire brood. They continue to fire brew in copper kettles, even when the rest of the industry um, went to electric element heating. Um, that fire brew process creates sort of um, some uneven heating, uh, leading to like sort of burn spots in, in the uh, uh, brewing process from the kettle. And creates sort of a sort of a burnt sugar or caramel type flavor to the beer. Now you won't have that in this new version of Stroh's because this new version is basically brewed as a German Pilsner, um, and it's not meant to recreate the Copper Kettle beer. Right. Uh, and I did have that discussion with somebody, and it I wasn't trying to argue, but you know, my point was, hey, it's a good beer. Why not let the world know that? Stroh's is, you know, doing some good things right now. Yep. Yeah, I'm really excited. It, it really made me happy this year. I mean, truthfully, and and I, I'm just going to continue to be happy that it's on the shelves. And I see it now much more regularly. At, you know, the first batch that they made flew off the shelf and it was gone. Now they've done like four times the original volume. And it just seems like every time I walk in the store, there's stacks of it. Speaking of the facility, Doug, I just wanted to add a tidbit, and I'm sorry to belabor, but the copper kettles, um, also in the Stroh's Brewery, they had a lot of this uh, Puabic tile, which was a uh, local, uh, you know, tile and, uh, you know, uh, brick, I think a brick maker too. But all of that tile from the brewery, from my understanding, has been repurposed and you see a lot of it around Detroit in various buildings, in the lobbies of some buildings in Detroit, as well as the people, people mover stations. When you ride the people mover in Detroit, the monorail, a lot of the stops along the, the route, you'll see Puabic pottery, pottery from the Stroh's Brewery uh, lining the walls of those stops with all the artwork on it and stuff. So just a tidbit. That's a, that's a pretty cool tidbit. And for those who... Um aren't familiar with what's going on here in Detroit right now. Um, you know, it's a, it's a renaissance of sorts, and there's a lot of great things happening, a lot of uh, new construction, a lot of repurposing of old buildings. Uh, it's definitely on the upswing. It's not the, uh, not the Detroit of uh, horror stories that uh, of, people are used to hearing. Of our youth, just be honest. Chicago took over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chicago. As great as you are, you got this one big black eye sticking out. Well, and it's only going to get better next year when the new arena opens for the Red Wings and the Pistons are going to move back downtown. And there's a you know, that old area where the stadium is and the sports complex is. There's a the People Mover is going to be able to take you up to Midtown where Hopcat and all those places are. So you're really going to have a uh, a great thing with a lot more new. Uh, uh, you know, uh, hipster bars are opening. And, uh, right. I just went Saturday night. I uh, went downtown to Campus Martius and bought a ticket to a beer tasting in a great big, you know, warmed up tent right next to the ice rink there and uh, drank several good beers that evening. So, and, that, 
and I actually made my first visit to the Hopcat Detroit. It's been open almost a year, and I finally made it there about a week ago and had a fantastic time. I had a great server named Kyle there, took great care of us, had some great beers. Actually did my uh, 1500th untapped beer, Ooh. which was a uh, Christmas us, bomb by Prairie Artisan Ales. I'm 10 away from 1,000, so... I gotta Ooh, keep track wow. tonight because I might hit it. Oh tonight. come on, guys! You gotta get with the program here. <laughs> Whatever. We're just scratching a hundred. Well, that being said, you know, let's crack open the next one. Uh, I, I'm good. I like I said, I picked two, but you know, I'm, I'm sharing with Uncle Pete here. Um, I wanted to pick an, an, a, uh, an IPA and a dark beer, so I'm going to start with the IPA. And even though this is my most valuable beer of the year, it's a beer I haven't tried, I've only heard about. It's kind of like legendary status, and it's it's very new to the scene, but it's uh, received quite a bit of hype. And uh, I was very fortunate that a, a friend, of, friend of ours, John T., Mr. T., uh, gifted me one of these, and I'm going to pop it open and share it with Uncle Pete. It's nothing, none other than Old Nation M43. Uh, it's the New England-style India Pale Ale. I'm going to crack this can open. Thank you again, Mr. T. John. So this is uh, brewed by Old Nation Brewing in Williamston, Michigan. I think it's out near Lansing. So let's uh, pour ourselves a... Here you go, Pete. Mmm, looks juicy. So uh, we've we've had on the show a few, you know, especially when I went up to Vermont. You got the trilliums, the, the tree houses up there uh, in New England. This hazy, juicy style of IPA has taken taken the beer, the craft beer world by storm, and it's a very popular. Uh, I know some traditional brewers that don't like it because they say they take great care to clear their beer, but you know it's all about taste, and a lot of these beers taste really good. So uh, Uncle Pete's got the first taste of it. I'm gonna. Go ahead and let him lead off with, uh, his perception of it while I pour myself one. But it's the New England style right here in Michigan. And the, the can says, New Orthodox IPA Series, M43, New England India Pale Ale, 6.8% alcohol, uh, 65 IBUs, 16 ounces, malt, pills, wheat, oat, oil, hops, calypso, amarillo, citra, dry hops, citra, amarillo, and simcoe. Then it says, keep cold and drink fresh. Haze is good. What do you think, Uncle Pete? Well, you hit all the, all the right things there, JR. I mean, I'm looking at it, and it is hazy. Uh, very um, very light colored uh, with a hint of, uh, you know, kind of an orange color, but more on the yellow side than orange. Very hazy, and the aroma just knocks me out. I mean, it's pine, pine, and pine. Very aromatic. I mean, it got to my nose before I raised the glass up. Uh, very uh, kind of a medium head that, that's starting to dissipate now. Uh, pure white. And let me take a taste. Mmm. Wow. Very citrusy, very juicy. Refreshing, sweet. Nice bitterness uh, that comes out, and, and there's a complex, you know, a number of hops in there that really makes the complexity of the bitterness uh, kick in. But it's uh, very agreeable. Certainly, I would drink this with breakfast. <laughs> um, very good. Thank you for sharing this one as well. Well, thank you, John, uh, for passing this over to me because it is hard to get, and 
as luck would have it, the day after Christmas they are releasing another batch, and I think the word's out. I think there will be huge lines to get these cans, just as there are at Trulium and Treehouse. But the reason I wanted to pick this is those beers up in New England are really uh, kind of, I don't want to say overhyped, but overvalued. People are trading tremendous value for these. And the people that live near those breweries are, are cashing in big time. But it's really nice to have some local Michigan breweries producing equivalent. And honestly, if I had blind tasted this, I would have told you it was a Trillium beer. I mean, it's it's right. every bit as good as, as those beers coming out of New England. Uh, yeah, so maybe we're borrowing their style, but we're making, uh, here in Michigan, there's some brewers uh, making beers that are every bit as good as those. And that's really great to see. And I, I also want to mention Transient down in southwest Michigan in uh, Bridgman, which I believe uh, we've sampled a few of their beers on the show. They're doing uh, equivalent work, too, in, in this, uh, with this style. So uh, really, really nice, that juicy, you know, orange, grapefruity, citrus flavor. It does have the hazy look. There is oats in it. I think oats has a lot to do with the mouthfeel of this. Nice, you know, nice, it makes it a little bit fuller-bodied than some of your, you know, West Coast clear IPAs. It's really a delight to drink, and again, I'll put this up uh, with any of those uh, New England IPAs. It's it's a real treat to have this. Yep, couldn't agree more. Well, and and yeah, likewise, Uncle Pete, I couldn't agree more. I had some of that last week. Um, I did have it on draft, and I was able to stop by the brewery and get a couple of growlers of it. Very reasonably priced uh, at the brewery. I think it was $11 for a growler, uh, which is dirt cheap for most places uh for those who don't know m43 is grand river and grand river runs from essentially downtown detroit all the way to grand rapids michigan Aha, so good it is named after n- named after the road um and, and they are on grand river they're right on that road they are they're right uh, just as you're just about to drive out of williamson williamson's about maybe 10 miles east of east lansing um and it's a nice little brewery. It's um, uh, it looks like a, a huge production facility in the back of it. Uh, I believe they are um, tied in with Detroit Brewing, um, same same ownership, same company. And my first taste of their beer was a beer they put out called Bumpy Cake. And anybody familiar with uh, Detroit? Really? Sweet just delicacies uh, knows what bumpy cake is. I oh, yeah. just drank uh, that last week. Sanders chocolate. Yep. And um, that, they did a phenomenal job on that beer. It sure so did. They're doing some really good things over there. I'll tell you, my next trip up the Lansing Way, I'm going to veer off and hit this place. It's a it's it's really a quick, easy, off the expressway, and then you drive back into Lansing, get right back on the expressway over there. Sweet. So just to clarify for people outside of Michigan, M43, the, the road systems here are M dash and a number. So that's like State Route 43, sort of. So when we say M dash 43, that's, that is that road that Doug out described that goes all the way from Detroit on the east side of the state to Grand Rapids on the west side of the state. Both great beer towns and uh, breweries all along that route the whole way west. You could probably uh, spend a week not in a while. Well, it actually follows, it's an offshoot of the Grand River, isn't it? Like Grand Rapids, the Grand River flows through there. And I don't know if that goes all the way east or not. That's just something I'll look up later. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> those kinds of things cross my mind when we have these Well, I don't think Grand River doesn't go all the way along Grand River, uh, but large right. parts of that road do. Right, right. Cool, man. All right. That's good stuff. Well, I guess this means it's my turn now. All right. Because, oh, man, you guys have all these great beers, and I feel like I have such a pedestrian offering now, now that it's my ah, turn. But uh, No worries, no worries. But no, I, I kind of did what you did, Uncle Pete, kind of reflected back on the year, and uh, I picked my, my MVB for the year. Pop, pretty much uh, my wallet decided this one. Uh, it's probably the beer I've bought the most this year. Uh, that It seems to be the go-to beer around here. I would like it. The wife likes it. Uh, and that is a fresh-squeezed IPA from Deschutes Brewery in Bend, Oregon. Um, I'm sure I've reviewed it on the show before. We may have even reviewed it way back when we first started. Uh, but you pour this thing. I mean, it. You have to call it brown as far as when you pour it. Um, there's, there's no, there's nothing yellow. There's nothing golden to this. You're amber. This is brown. Uh, you can see through it just a tad. I mean, the, can the is the light getting through it? Yes, but can I see my finger on the other side of the glass? Not really. Uh, and to, when you pop this thing and you pour it, I mean, the uh, the website describes it as a juices. A juicy citrus and grapefruit flavor profile as a fresh citra and mosaic hops are squeezed straight into the bottle. Uh, it's pretty apt. You pour this thing, you could smell the grapefruit. I mean, this thing is a good foot away from me when I poured it, and you could just, it fills the room. Uh, it's got a nice uh, uh, medium kind of creamy lacing on it. Uh, I mean, I, I've had this beer so much, I can just describe it without drinking it. I mean, I've got half of one gone anyways, but it... You get it in the mouth. It's got a nice medium mouthfeel. I mean, and if you don't like grapefruit, this is not the beer for you. I can tell you that. Uh, used to, I'm not. I'm still not a fan of grapefruit. You will still not catch me in the morning, cutting open a grapefruit. You know, put some sugar on it, and eating it with a spoon. Never going to happen. But I've come to appreciate it in my beers, especially too with a lot of the you know things like Citra uh, and the Mosaic hops uh, setting it off. Um, this beer is uh, 6.4 ABV, uh, an IBU of 60. Um, said it's delicious, and as far as this is my favorite discovery of this year. And it just think, guys, if you get back and you go back in the time machine about a year ago, the fact that I'm naming an IPA my my beer of the year, my my MVB, come a long way. So, this year, yes, sir, fresh squeezed IPA. It's widely available. Which is, and don't let that fool you. I mean, this is good quality beer. Uh, if you see it, pick it up. It's delicious. And Uncle Pete, I'll agree with you too. This, this is definitely something you can have with breakfast. Good call on it, though. I appreciate you picking that one. And from what I understand, I mean, they don't actually use grapefruit in making this beer. Nope. The, the taste you're getting is purely from the hops. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about it is it's all hops. There's not a, nothing, you know... N- Nothing added to this beer, you know, it, it, as far as fruit-wise. Just nothing but hops. Yep. Love the magic of brewing and all the flavors you can get. <clears throat> all right. So that's uh, that's everybody. Everybody got to go once, right? Everybody did, and JR keeps going out and walking back in with uh, more beers every day. <laughs> every, <laughs> every time he comes back, oh, this time he didn't have one in his hand. He, I told him you made a few trips, Jr. And every time you walked in, you had another beer in your hand. So what's you, going uh, on? Everybody did their. Everybody's done their thing. You guys got some homebrew over there. We do. Yeah. That's one of the ones we got. So uh, I'm trying to decide whether to save that for last or not. Well, 
What are our choices? Is everybody else done? Yeah, yeah, we've all gone. So okay, well, I've got, I've got my grand finale of my MVBs, and I've got dugouts uh, homebrew here. So I was going to save dugouts for last. Okay. Oh what? All right. So without uh, further ado, I know a lot of these the theme. Hey, that, click your mic on there. I think you got your mute switch on, Jr. Okay, I'm back. There we go. Okay, so I have two beers remaining, and I know everybody else had one each, and I'm hogging up the show, but uh, the first beer I'd like to taste is my MVB, uh, and uh, most of the beers we were championed as beers you could get all the time. Well, this is not one of those. This is one of those really hard to find, but it is that good, and I was fortunate enough to get two cans, and as luck would have this, when... Uncle Pete showed up today. He asked me about this beer, and I said, "Well, honey, you should drink it tonight." So, without further ado, Barrel Age Ten Fifty is about to be cracked open here. Got a nice uh, stovepipe can. If I remember, Ten Fifties from Oscar Blue, correct? That is. Now their their base beer isn't available year round, but it is fairly easy to find when it is in season, which is, I believe. It's out in like the fall and it runs through like December or January, so you can probably find the regular 1050. The barrel aged was uh, like one can here, one can there. Uh, very, uh, very hard to get this year, but I happened to be uh, driving around hitting stores today at least. So, without further ado, my 19.2 ounce can is open, and I'm going to let Pete have the honors. All righty. Let me have that thing. We did review this on the show about a year ago. I think it was out last year, but it was brewery only. This year they did hit distribution with very limited. Um, oh, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Somebody dropped. Hope that uh, wasn't me. I'll be back. Nah, you're still there. Yeah, it's beautiful. This is a black, dark beer with a nice uh, brown-colored foamy head on it. Comes in a big stovepipe can, like uh, Jr. was saying. Um, yeah, I wished I could have found some of these, but I'm so happy that I'm getting a taste of tonight. So thank you in advance. Um, can't see through this at all. Oh, the aromas of of just beautiful wood and, and barrel and bourbon. Oh, all those dark fruits, dark fruit, raisins, prunes. Yeah, I love I love the ten fifty even just by itself. So the barrel age is just like a, a frosting on the cake. And uh, you know we gave a lot of good props to to uh, Oscar Blues. I remember the episode we did and we covered them fairly extensively. And gave them a lot of props for their uh, involvement in the community and being a good neighbor and reaching out and helping when people, they, they offered uh, bottled, or excuse me, canned water, I believe it was. Wasn't that Oscar Blues that did that, guys? Uh, sure was. And there was uh, disasters uh, around the country. So just got to love everything about these guys. And I know they got involved with, uh, with one of our Michigan breweries. Who was that again? Oscar Blues tied up. Uh, Perrin Brewing. With Perrin. Same owners. Yeah, they right. bought into Perrin Brewing. Right, right. So just, you know, we're really happy with how they're connected and and we're able to get their beers very readily in this area. So, JR, anything else you want to throw in? Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of, of Oscar Blues uh, as a company. They do a lot of good things. Um, I believe Cigar City might be part of that network now, too. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm pretty sure that they they were also uh, invested in by the same uh, parent company that has Oscar Blues, and uh, you know, hey, if we could get some uh, high lie coming up to Michigan, 
that's part of that deal. That would be oh, a fantastic man. Uh, thing too. Count me in. <laughs> so you know they're doing. Well, they're very uh, in- instrumental in the can movement of craft brewing. Uh, they were the first, when I believe, the first can-only um, brew, uh, craft brewer to um, hit the scene, and they've always been can brewery. Um, when you buy a howler at a uh, like a local brew pub, those those machines and those cans are done by uh, Oscar Blues. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. They, I guess they were really one of the the guys that began the whole beer in a can thing, you know, the craft beer anyway. And, uh, yeah, I don't see any of their stuff in bottles anywhere. No, that's right. They're all cans. So it's good stuff. I mean, you can recycle it. It keeps the beer fresh, right? It's still in the dark. You know, it's not seeing any light of day like compared to a brown bottle. So yeah, you can I mean, take it anywhere. Can. You can take it to the river, take it to the lake. Right. Can is not foolproof. I mean, don't kid yourself. I mean, um, hops will fall off. Uh, you know, any kind of adjuncts like coffee or pepper, any of that stuff will fall off with age, uh, whether it's in a can or not. Um, so it's not it's not a foolproof package, but you know, it will hold a it will hold a freshness longer than a bottle. Yep. Will. We yeah. I have a good story about that uh, ten fit the barrel age ten fifty. Um, I just happened to go into this kind of uh, kind of a Whole Foods, kind of a grocery store, and they were gonna. I saw there was a note behind the counter there in their liquor department that they had their had uh, their distributor wanted their distributor to pick up a couple of cases, and one of them being the Barrel Edge Ten Fifty. And so I found the the girl that worked over there, and I was like, found out, you know, making sure that's right and that was real, and I was like, well. Oh, that's a bummer because I'd really like to buy some, and and there was nobody in there that was going to buy it. The reason why they were sending it back is because that's just not a store that beer geeks go to. So it, you know they weren't going to sell it. Beer kind of good beer kind of dies slowly in that store, and so they were right. They were doing their store you know well by doing that. But so I leave the store and then it hits me. I'm like, wait a second, I should call back and see if I could buy the case because then they, then they won't they'll get their money. They don't care about returning it then. And so she had to find out, talk to the manager the next morning, and sure enough, sold me the whole case and gave me a uh, discount on it, even 10% off discount. Sweet. <laughs> nice. Uh, good I love that story. <laughs> Being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Chris, can yeah. you cue that up when you, uh, I was in the right place? At the right time. Yeah. <laughs> and be observant. Great story, Dan. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, being that. observant, looking at the notes behind the counter uh, where you <laughs> buy your beer. That's always always look behind the counter and see what's back there. You know, we hear so many stories about people going up in northern Michigan where all those you know hunters and outdoorsy people that drink nothing but you know you know Bud Light and stuff, and and you stumble upon you know. Uh, you know, KBS from like three years ago on the shelf. And yeah. So it's great to hear a story like yeah. that. It does happen, you know. Stores in the middle of nowhere have, you know, Bourbon County on the shelf from two years ago, too. And uh, great when, uh, you know, you stumble upon those uh, hidden treasures. Yeah, I was just talking to a guy in California um, last weekend that we are talking about, um, hang, he's got access to Hangar 24 stuff out there. And uh, Pugachev's Cobra just came out, and he's like, "How you d- did you get enough Bourbon County this year? We still have it on the shelves everywhere." And I was just like, "What? That's crazy!" Yeah, I think there's a bumper crop of the Bourbon County this year. I mean, I was in Chicago for the last three months, and 
it's just everywhere. And here we are sitting it was in, limit the, in, one the, bottle in the here, Bourbon so. County Wasteland. I'm heading back on Friday, so um, I'll be uh, I'll be on the lookout for a couple bottles. Yep. Now, it does appear that the Bourbon County coffee was extremely rare this year. I haven't even found one person that got a bottle of it. So if anybody ever finds one of those, I'd love to taste it. I could probably help you with that. I didn't get one yet myself, but I know somebody that can get us one. So, Amen. Well, bring them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like you're set, uh, Lieutenant Dang, with the case of ten barrel-aged 1050 for the winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be hooking up my friends. I'll be, yep. They'll make sure so they all about, at man. it and get to take yeah. one home. So. That's what it's all about. That's what we love, yep. Yep. Well, speaking of taking care of friends, we have one last beer here, and it's from our friend Dugout. Is uh, I'm going to let him explain about because it it's his home brew, but it's a uh, Dutch cocoa. And uh, Pete and I have a bottle here that we're going to uh, we're going to crack open and enjoy. So, Dugout, tell us about your beer that you brewed. Okay, yeah, it's called a uh, Hot Dutch Cocoa. It's an Imperial Oatmeal Stout with uh, vanilla, cinnamon and Dutch cocoa, and devil's tongue peppers that I grew in my garden. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, ringing in at about, um, right about 10.5%. Um, I used some uh, dark Belgian candy sugar in the brewing process. And um, I'll hand it over to you guys. Let me know what you think. Wow. Black as night. Very thin head, carbonated nonetheless. Um, the aroma, I mean, the, the candy aromas, you know, the sweetness is hitting me. Cinnamon. Mmm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, I think you just blew Robert de Habanero right out of the water, my brother. <laughs> Honest to God. That's delicious. Liquid candy bar followed by a nice warming, you know, uh, feeling. I can't, I just love it. Pepper's not overdone whatsoever. JR likes them really hot, but this one's just, little baby bear over here said this one's just right. Yeah, there is one single pepper that I used in the five gallon batch and it went right into the boil. Oh, it's beautiful. All pepper. Yeah, this is a, I'm digging this big time. The Tell pep- me about it. The pepper's there at the very end, and it's like really uh, just like Uncle Pete had the right amount in his uh, mm-hmm. rubber habanero. This is uh, just the right amount of the pepper to give you a little zing at the end, but not uh, overpower for people that might not like the heat. Um, where this differs from Robert Dabi Habanero, or he, it actually reminds me a little of Zokovica, is they're yeah. just way more, uh, it's way more full-bodied and full of that, that Dutch cocoa real really stands out you know, really strong cocoa chocolate flavor and then you get all this other supporting casts involved with it with the you know very very uh, prevalent cinnamon i mean yeah it's kind of like the zocovita only you know ramp it up by like four times the flavor of every flavor is magnified it's got just really it it, it bowls you over and yeah it's beautiful it's fresh i mean it's good I, i'd love to set one in the cellar and try it next Christmas and see what uh, what the difference makes. Zokovica on steroids with a lot more going on. So Yeah. Yeah, Doug, yeah, this is a home run, man. Thank you so much for Good sharing. Good job. 
Good job, Doug. Well, thanks, guys. I mean, I, I know that, you know, I kind of knocked it out of the park on this one. It was, it's in sort of a tie for the, the one of the best homebrews I've done. I mean, one and two. I uh, did a wedding ale f- for my cousin's wedding that was right up there. That was a double IPA, so different style. I've used this base stout before. And JR, you have as well. Um, but I made some adjustments to it to amp up the alcohol levels. I amped up the amount of oatmeal in it to give it more of a creamier mouthfeel. Uh, thickens the body a little more. And that's why when you, you notice that the head on it, really isn't there because the beer is so dense um the the carbonation is definitely there yes uh, but it's just such a heavy beer it did take a really really long time to carbonate too well, make no mistake this is a beer you can chew <laughs> absolutely and you know what uh I've, I've just waited about 30 seconds and you know that cinnamon and pepper is just still roaring in the back of my you know on my palate it's just and this uh, this needs to be commercially available. It's that good. Yep. Now a few people did mention to me because I've I've tasted this one around quite a bit, and asked me if I had used coconut in it because they got sort of a flavor I got of coconut. It. I did too. But, there, but there's no coconut in there. It's I almost just a combination it. of the ingredients that somehow comes together to form like a coconut chocolate bar. I almost got that too. I was going to mention it. And I know you, you, you know, it wasn't part of the uh, recipe, but I definitely picked that up. Well, Might be sure. worthwhile next time you make it. Throw a handful of roasted coconut in there and see. I I could sure do that. I mean, <laughs> this has uh, really become my go-to uh, base oatmeal stout recipe. And, and it uh, it is the same base that I used for the. Uh, Car bomb. The Irish car bomb stout that I will be brewing in January to make sure I have it um, for St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, but yeah, that is that is a really home run uh, base stout recipe. But you know, it's all the other uh, supporting casts that really puts this over the top. Doug, you know, tremendous job, man, and you've you've really uh, produced some great home brews this year. I got I got to hand it to you, man. You're you're cranking out some great stuff. So kudos, man. Can't wait to what's next. <laughs> what is next? You know what is next? It's going to be a hazy IPA. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I brewed one of those not too long ago that was pretty good, and it didn't last long. And uh, stuff doesn't last long ever at your house, dug out, but at my place, never. You know, I don't have as many drinkers and uh, followers as you do. But uh, yeah, that would be. I'm sure you'll uh, hit it on that one. And uh, I'm a member of a, a Facebook group called Treehouse Home Brewers. If you need any. Uh, any pointers or tips on how to do that style? I, I got a lot of good information from that group. Well, one of the things I've uh, been reading is that um, uh, they've been gracious enough to share recipe ideas with home brewers. Um, they're not just to, that's me, mine. It's a big secret recipe. Um, they uh, they are willing to share, and this uh, this this home brew that I made. Uh, this hot touch cocoa I made it it was made with some tips from Westbrook Brewing on um, their Mexican cake and so I took some of the ideas from the brewery itself and sort of put my own little spin on it and that's what we came up with here I'm jealous I want to try it wow well 
you you've uh i'm speechless you've done a great job with it and uh of course mexican cake's one of my favorites and gotta gotta uh as long as we're going down this road i'd like to you know mention some of the other beer nuts that couldn't be with us tonight because we did invite every single beer nut that appeared on the show in one way or another and uh um, that uh, start out with uh, Ross Smith from uh, North Carolina, who has been uh, very gracious to share uh, many North Carolina treasures with us, and sends them up north, and ships us some beers uh, from Wicked Weed. Uh, he also got us a couple Mexican cakes, which I still have. So, future show we'll have one of those. We had uh, some barrel aged sexual chocolate that he went to the release for. Numerous Wicked Weeds, uh, the drunken vigils that we talked about on the last show. So thank you, Ross. So we just wanted to acknowledge you as a great contributor to and a, a solid beer night. So glad glad to have you as a beer nut. Um, Andy, our sours and mead expert, which we still need to do our mead episode. Um, she had some uh, family duties to take care of tonight, so she couldn't join us. And uh, and her husband Sak, who is uh, probably the master reviewer, um, doesn't make too many episodes, but uh, when he does, he's yeah, well, always a pleasure to have him on, and uh, like I said, I don't think anybody reviews quite as good as he does um, reviewing beer. Wouldn't you agree, Uncle Pete? Absolutely, it's always a pleasure to listen to his reviews and learn learn from his reviews. Uh, takes you in some directions that uh, you might not normally think of. So, very creative and uh, original thinking uh, in his reviews. Also, like to mention Uncle Pete's nephew, Michael Michael R. Uh, Known for the Robillarding, <laughs> uh, who actually <laughs> appeared on an episode that was lost forever and gave great tips on how to review a beer. Um, so we're dying to have him back. Uh, he's got a lot of family obligations and he's in the, the beer business, so his time is valuable, but we certainly hope he'll join us in a future episode. Yeah, he's got four family obligations, so to speak. <laughs> yes, he does. Three little ones and a wife. <laughs> right, so... We understand, but we hope he'll come back and uh, do a reprise on his great tips for reviewing beer. And uh, last but not least, probably actually one of our uh, most treasured guests on the show was uh, Nathan Peck, a very accomplished professional brewer with Tapestry, uh, and now uh, launching uh, a great uh, new brewery, Beer Church Brewing. Out in New Buffalo, Michigan, right uh, across Can't the border wait. from South Bend, right? Can't wait. Yeah, so they're opening. Well, uh, New, New, New Buffalo, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right across the border right. from South Bend, Indiana, but it is in Michigan, yes. So uh, we had him on a, an episode not too long ago, and I believe that was our most listened to episode because I think he has quite a large following. And he was supposed to join us tonight, but something came up. Um, when you're a professional brewer, things comes up. Yeah, you're a brewer 24-7. So, uh, Nathan, thank you for joining us, and we'd love to have you on in a future episode. Um, after you open your doors and things calm down, we'll have you back on to tell us about the great things you're doing at Beer Church. Well, Uncle Pete, I think you have something to add? Sure. I just wanted to add a uh, last, last but not least, least, uh, Uncle Pete Jr. actually has been on the show. Yes, he has. Um, my son, Jr., and uh, he's become quite an accomplished brewer in his own right. And uh, he's he's learned from all of us. I know that, mostly me, but he has been influenced by the rest of the guys. And he has just, you know, a keezer full of homebrew. He's doing very well with ciders. Um, 
I mean, he's he's flush with beer right now. I should hand out his address. We could go over and empty it for him. But <laughs> anyway, I'm proud of him. No, I'm really proud of him. He's he's grown into quite a young man, and uh, he does very well. He's excited about the craft beer, and he's living he's living it. And uh, you know, if it was me at 23, that I, that would be me. I mean, if I was 23 again, that's that's who I'd be right there. So, shout out to Pete Jr. Amen. Yeah, and I'd love to have we we'd love to invite him to join us again. I invited him for tonight and he was tied up tonight too, so he had some functions, a bowling party and a fraternity thing or something. So Well, when you're twenty three you have several options and yeah, uh, hanging out with a bunch of old farts drinking beers probably lower on the totem pole than perhaps some young attractive ladies to uh, That's party right. with. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and you're twenty three you always got something going on. Yep. You will make something go on if you do not have anything go on. But to, uh, All right, gentlemen. Well, I, I I don't know how to close this out. I don't know if it's appropriate to do a brewery or uh, – but I, I would like to – you know, brewery of the week, beer of the week that we usually do. But I would like to just uh, acknowledge a Dugout as uh, the brewer of the year. I mean – Dugout. Not here. only not only does he crank out consistently great beers, he brews often, and that's my fallacy. Is I just don't have the time to brew as many batches I'd like. I've had a few home runs this year, but uh, just not often enough. Uncle Pete, probably, he does put the time in and does a lot of a lot of batches. So, but Dugout has really uh, really uh, stepped up this year and brewed some great. Uh, innovative beers and i just wanted to tip of the hat to dugout for uh for his home brewing you know you could really open your own brewery someday here here cheers dugout yeah. well thanks cheers. guys i'm i'm enjoying all this stuff too um the better i make it the, the more i enjoy it so that's my um motivation to do well with uh with making the beers and working with recipes tweaking recipes um, having an idea in my head with what I want to accomplish before I even start, or maybe not, or maybe just throwing a bunch of stuff in the kettle and see what happens. And he's had the patience to deal with me, with uh, with me learning to brew and me sending him texts <laughs> at all different hours of, hey, what's going on? That's here? right. What do I That's do? That's right. <laughs> well, you know what, Chris? You know, tip of the hat to you, too, because when we first started this uh, venture, what, a year, year and a half ago, you couldn't stand an IPA, and uh, look how far you've come along. And this is kind of the whole theme of the whole show: is just to introduce people to better and better beards, and and expose them to different styles. And you know, you discover some you like, maybe some you don't like so much. But you've uh, really uh, enhanced your beer knowledge and uh, range of styles that you now can go to the beer store and uh, spend a lot more time in selecting. Yeah, every trip so good gets job. long. Every year, every trip to the store gets longer now because I'm just standing there, like, do I want that? Do I want this? What haven't I had? Can we get this? <laughs> well, there's a meme that I about every month post on my uh, Twitter is, uh, "I love my alone time in the beer aisle." <laughs> yeah, and I think we all do. Yeah, the wife all the time is, you know, why does it take you so long? It's like, like you get there and you the first five minutes you're just standing there, just soaking it all in, like, what's here? And then the next five is figuring out what you want, and then so on and so forth. And yeah, yeah. There's a few local beer stores I go to, and they used to come up, "Hey, can I help you with something?" Now they know just to leave me alone. Yeah, I'm just going to walk around for twenty or thirty minutes and mm-hmm. ponder the same three things that I was going to buy when I walked in. But yeah, we'll go in and it's out like of the, a, in the candy times. store, the adult candy store, the beer store. Yeah. 
Well, too, while we're thanking people, I want to thank you, listener, you on the other end of this. Uh, we wouldn't keep doing this if you weren't listening. It's, I say it every episode, and I will say it. This episode will be no different. Uh, the craft beer community, uh, thanks for all the support. Uh, you guys have shown us that there there is call for a craft beer podcast, and thanks to everybody who has listened. If you share it, uh, you know, go to you can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, that helps us too because uh, on iTunes, downloading is only half the battle. You got to rate us. Uh, you got to you know leave a little review. But thanks to everybody, it's because I see the numbers every day, every week, and it's it's very encouraging. To know that this little beer podcast has has already been heard in all fifty states, is going across the Atlantic Ocean, you know, into Europe. You know, that's you know, I think that's kind of cool. It's fabulous. Just, yeah. So thanks Amen. to everybody who's listened. It, it, it's it's appreciated. Yep. We all ra- we all raise our glasses to you, our listeners. Without yes. you, there's no point in us even assembling. Yep. But cheers. 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 Cheers to good beers. All right. Anything else, guys? Well, anything. Anybody have anything to close out the year? Everybody's speechless. Yeah. Drink good beer. <laughs> Plan two. Christmas is going to be Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are going to be blowouts from my cellar. <laughs> well, I think January is definitely the month of the cellar. I'm going to try to not spend a dime on beer and start drinking down this monstrosity. <laughs> Anybody else have any uh, New Year's resolutions for January? I have to start building a cellar. I mean, my beer comes pretty <laughs> much where, for, where I buy it from. I got nothing I may set have aside a for building anything. For you. I have some donations. I, I've got a... Uh, my cellar is half under the stairs, and so my New Year's resolution is to... And for whatever reason... The builders, when they built this house, put in a little door that is one-third the, the height of a regular door. Fairy door. So my, my resolution is to put in a full-size regular door so I can organize it and access my stash in there as a normal human being instead of crawling through on my hands and knees to get to my beer. <laughs> it's like, how bad do you want it? Yeah, it keeps it out of the sight of the wife, and that makes her happy, so... Oh, I know that feeling all too well. It needs to be in the basement out of sight. The man cave's in the basement. She doesn't go down there, but when it's upstairs, I hear it. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything? I've got my very own fridge down there, too, so I'm doing well. I guess my January resolution is going to be to keg and or bottle the 10 gallons of Oktoberfest that I made, my first lager. And I have it in the lagerator right now at a cozy 32 degrees. And uh, it's not frozen due to the fact that it's probably around a 6 to 7% alcohol. So it's clarifying and getting happy just as if it was sitting in a cave somewhere deep in the forest of Germany. So um, I'm anxious to get that one out and try it uh, as a first-time lager. Well, and we can actually call it a true Mardson beer because we'll be drinking it in March. And now we know why everybody uh, has to plan ahead to brew styles. But hey, would it be great to have uh, an Oktoberfest in March, won't it? Absolutely. Yes, it will. All right, Doug, any last uh, January thoughts for you? Yeah, well, just um, waiting for the weather to break. Um, you know, anything 20 degrees and above is brewing weather for me. So Yeah, right. Um, I sort of wanted to get a batch in last week, and that didn't happen because it was way too cold. <laughs> oh, oh so, yeah, just um, 
you know, keep keep looking for the good stuff, keep finding the good stuff, keep brewing the good stuff. Amen. All right, everybody ready to go to Mexico? Yes, sir. Sure thing. All right, well, as they say in old Mexico City, AMF. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net